This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. So I'm guessing uh, the, as far as you were concerned, there were no NFL football games yesterday. Yeah, I haven't been any for a while, actually. Yeah, for, they, did they cancel the season? What no, was the? Uh, I weirdly, forgot to ask you about not. that. Uh, yeah, they have yeah. not. No, uh, Eagles uh, lost again. Um, uh, and which again, I, you know, it's always season's over. Uh, I will not. Uh, they sit gave here you some hope for a while. They pretended yeah. like they were going to be good for a while, and then not so much. But. I think, and I think this is the legitimately what they are, which is like they're competitive. They're a competitive and they are, team. They show, they're not getting blown out by anybody. They show positive signs here and there, um, but uh, you know they need another season or two to uh, to uh, make, you know marinate in the in the rookie quarterback's world. So mm-hmm. uh, I think at some point he's going to be good though. I think. He does look pretty good. I think he he's a good one. Played well yesterday, and yeah. again this has happened over and over again where they they've had the ball with the chance to win or tie. Uh, in the final moments, and just you know, they haven't been able to get over that hump. But whatever, huh. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You live with it. It was. What I was happy. I was happy to see the, the Cowboys lose, however, uh, which is always a good little side benefit, a little side dish at Thanksgiving. Weirdly, both their losses this year have been to the Giants. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, eleven and two, and the only two, the only team that's beaten them. The Giants. the Giants. I will say that is one of the downsides of watching the Cowboys. Yeah, because I hate the Giants. I hate the Giants, too. So, uh, so anyway. A little uh, positive. Packers all of a sudden look like, you know, there's something. Look great. They, they look like there's something to them. 31 to 3 beating of the Seahawks yesterday? That's an, impre- <laughs> that that's an impressive win. Sweet. One. That was sweet. I mean, 31. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers again. Just saying uh, he's re entering. For a while, the, he did not. He's re entering the MVP race. His like, last seven or eight games are off the charts ridiculously good. Uh, he's been uh, great. And yesterday was awesome. And got hurt again. Uh, I guess he didn't play the fourth quarter, and I think that's just more precaution. And they were up twenty-eight-three. So yeah, why yeah, take him out? Why? Anyway, uh, it Bucks was a, win again. By the way, Jeffy, I was thinking the Bucks won again. Like, oh, I, I, Tampa oh. Bay team. You, know, um, you follow the league pretty closely. Houston won. Yeah, I, I, you know, you follow the league pretty closely, and you kind of like you, you take in the games, and you get, but you get impressions. Like I don't watch every Tampa right. Bay Bucks game. I, right. My impression of them was they were probably three and seven. <laughs> Like I had no idea. They're like they're eight and five. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. eight yeah. and five. That team. Oh, I don't like that because I do not like Jameis Winston. I so like that guy. 
Not a good guy. I can. I, I know exactly the reason. I don't like him. I know. We, I think we all know we exactly all the reason. reason. Mm-hmm. What is the reason? You uh, own stock in the grocery store chain. He stole. He stole food from. <laughs> Was it no, Win Dixie? That's probably no. it, right? No, but oh. the fact that he stole food from a grocery store <laughs> sort of bothers well, me. I was trying to. And the thing he was chanting when he was standing on top of the uh, tables in the cafeteria uh, at Florida State kind of bothered me. And uh, just the fact that he's a general douchebag. Oh, and also uh, he's black, mm-hmm. which is the real reason. No, I just don't. Oh, care now the truth that. comes out. Mm-hmm. Now I like Dak Prescott. Does that? Is that? He's black. So. Oh, he's got a black friend. Hey, Pat's got one black friend he likes. <laughs> oh wow, that's so nice. I actually I Did you see that clip? Did we ever play that clip from CNN where uh, there was a uh, a, a black commentator on? Uh, it was like a you know typical panel, and one of the uh, one of the commentators mm-hmm. was was re- like the Black Lives Matter member of the panel. Mm-hmm. And at one point, one of the other commentators said something about. I mean, it was. Uh, we got to find this clip if we haven't played it. It's so bad. And, she, and one of the other commentators is like, look, you know, uh, like uh, reference another president who did something similar. And she's like, that's just like, I'm sorry. That's just like saying you have a black friend. That's just like saying you have a black friend. That's just like saying you have a black friend. No, I'm sorry. That's just like saying you have a black friend over and over and over again. God and, and like, first of all, it wasn't at all like saying. <laughs> I can't remember what the comment was, but it was not like saying uh, you have a black friend. Secondarily, <laughs> is it bad now to have a black friend? I'm getting confused. Well, you can have a black friend. You just can't say it. I guess not. No, like, I don't understand weird. when that became I know. a bad thing. Like, It is a bad thing, like, it, It's a very bad thing. At the beginning, it was... Well, I don't like black people, but I have one black friend, and therefore I will reference that one black friend to get me out of the racial trouble. Mm-hmm. But like now, even if you cite, like, well, uh, I, I have a Some friend. Of my who's best black. friends are black, and that's supposed to be a, like, a huge, like, big group. misstep. Like, what yeah. if that's true? Yeah. Wouldn't that, doesn't that do something to disprove the idea that you're some hateful racist? It doesn't mean that you support all the left's policies on race, which, of course, what they want and what they require out of you mm-hmm. to not be a racist. Uh, but I mean, if you are surrounding yourself with people who are African American, and not not surrounding yourself, but it's like. If you have a lot of them in your orbit, probably you're not a hardcore racist. I doubt. Would seem like yeah. doubt it uh, yeah. that uh, that uh, for example, uh, you know, uh, David Duke uh, has a lot of black people in his orbit because he's a racist, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. Did you hear what he got called about? The, there's some alt right story they did in the New York Times, and they called and they said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Duke, we'd like to talk to you about uh, the alt right." His uh, his response was, "Are you Jewish?" <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> First words out of his mouth. He just wanted to just. Oh man! Look, I mean, to answer your question, I would need this additional piece of information, which is, are you a Jew? If you can answer that one correctly, we can move on. <laughs> and the correct answer had to be no in uh, order right. for, it, for it to proceed. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, I, that, that's going to be my what, guess. You don't uh, answer again. questions from Jewish people. Uh, apparently not. Well, their motive, you know. Their motive. Yeah, right. There you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the so motive of the Jew can't be good. I can't be good. Right? It I mean, you know it's going to be bad. It's uh, so, <laughs> so weird. So we have to find that clip. We should so bring it back weird. to radio tomorrow. And the guy really just ran for U.S. Senate. I, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Uh, Trump is probably going to nominate uh, ExxonMobil CEO uh, Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State. Now, this is really weird to me because... 
You had some pretty heavyweight choices. You had some guys who really have some experience, who who have political know-how, who have geopolitical know-how, who who know what they're doing. And then you get the head of ExxonMobil. What the hell is that? What, what is that about? I mean, he's a good friend of Putin, apparently, because yeah. they deal with Russia all the time uh, with with energy concerns. What experience do you have that would qualify you to be Secretary of State coming from the head of ExxonMobil? Now, uh, so I read a, read a couple of stories on this this weekend, and of course, everyone's negative on it for various reasons. Like, you know, I uh, am really hesitant because of the Russia connections. I mean, he is a very good friend of Russia. He received the highest uh, foreigner award for uh, being a friend of Russia. Uh, you know, he is. Me very- too. That's really concerning. Oh, really I concerned. thought you also got the award. No. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. That would have no, been weird. That would have been weird. No, awkward I, because I was, I was just sharing criticizing your concern. it. Okay, yeah. good. I, yeah. True, uh, that was close. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, uh, I understand clearly like that part of it. I mean, um, he does not, he's not Steve Bannon, right? I mean, I, Rex Tillerson is a well-respected guy. He is, uh, all, all reports, a good person. Um, he's treated people well. Obviously, the left has a lot of um, problems with the fossil fuel stuff. I don't. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with them on that. Actually, one of the articles I read about it, um, I don't want to say it was The New Yorker, who wrote an article about it, uh, wrote a book about um, ExxonMobil. And basically they called it as he's been essentially running a quasi-state for 10 years because Mm. Exxon operates in every country around the world. They have good relationships with everybody around the world. They have they they go and they they fight for things. They they know how to deal with different cultures. So they're cultures making the case and, that he does have experience. Yeah, they were saying. Now this is a negative Secretary article about him, um, but they were saying he essentially mm. does have the experience necessary to do uh, this type of job because he's to me, used to diplomacy with these maybe, countries. He's going maybe. in there and saying, "Hey, we want to take some of your oil. We're going to give you some money back. What do we have to do?" They deal with local customs. They deal with all those different things in various cultures around the world. Which, sure. There's some you could see some of the trans, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of the properties there. I was laughing at one part in the article where they said uh, Exxon Mobil, um, uh, you know, obviously climate, or out of control climate change, and they went through all the typical leftist stuff. And at one point they said, as recently as the 1970s, they, <laughs> <laughs> that was legitimately in the article. As recently as, as the recently 1970s, as six decades ago, <laughs> as recently as the 1970s, they started each corporate meeting with a prayer. Now, what, first that's of all, the big criticism. Yes, that was a criticism. What? Uh, now, as recently as that, I actually read the sentence what? three or four times. Like, are they saying like a long time ago? No, as recently as to say that this is so like this is basically who this company is. Now, it was the 1970s. We're I'm, talking about 40 years if ago. It was as recently as this morning. Right, even, I'm okay with that. Even if it was this morning, I you wouldn't care. say yeah, it's a private company. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, you're I criticizing mean, that? It's, yeah, I mean, obviously, they, in a, yeah, there's, I, I noticed the problems with that statement. But I mean, generally speaking, like, they can do what they want to do. If they want to have, yeah. uh, if they want to have, yeah. uh, start with a prayer, they should be able to do that. Um, but if they Congress don't do it. Congress starts with a prayer. Why would it be a concern for a private company? And this is 40 years the ago. The Supreme Court, the U.S. Congress, the President of the United States goes to the prayer breakfast every year. I mean, prayer is not a problem in this country. It is not a problem. It is not an issue. We don't have this weird separation of church and state that everybody thinks we have. But even if we did have it, we don't have an Exxon. It wouldn't wouldn't be an Exxon. Right. Bizarre criticism. But Mm. they kind of put put him out as, and even in the article, they reference him as essentially, you know, because Exxon. And who was that? uh, What was the article? Yeah. 
I want to say it was the New Yorker uh, or New York Magazine. Wow. One of those two. Um, wow. I get them confused, as you might know, because uh-huh. they essentially have the exact same name, yeah. um, which is a, is, a, is a problematic issue for me. Um, but it was one of the two. Um, and, and it was mm. it was an interesting story because the guy wrote a book about it, obviously negative about Exxon. It's a liberal book about uh, Exxon, but saying how they, they essentially promote everybody from um, within. Um, so they, they don't they don't go outside their organization very often. You know, and been- he had been there for 30 years, I think. You know what's been interesting is to see that uh, the transformation of the media uh, from the Bush administration to Obama's administration. Because during the Bush administration, ExxonMobil and Halliburton and all of those energy companies and the companies that provide for the energy companies, they were the worst, most evil people on the face of the earth. For the last eight years, we've heard virtually nothing about it. I mean, nobody talks about ExxonMobil. When gas prices go up, uh, nobody's talking about ExxonMobil. When gas prices go down, nobody's talking about ExxonMobil. Right now, gas prices are, you know, pretty okay. Pretty and low, nobody's yeah. talking about ExxonMobil. Oil's at $54 it's, a barrel, something like that. But now that Trump is in office, you know they're going to start going back after yeah. ExxonMobil and Chevron and Shell and everybody else they can possibly go after, especially with him uh, nominating people who are pretty friendly to the energy industry. Yeah, I, mean, I have very little to complain about on that front, yeah. uh, to be honest. I mean, I mean uh, you know, everything I've read about Scott Pruitt from uh, Oklahoma as the uh, head of the EPA is pretty, pretty positive like from my perspective. Good, yeah. Like, it's the type of thing the liberals would hate. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, good. you know, that on that particular issue, you know, specifically, that makes me happy. I'm tickled. Um, yeah. Tickled. Um, you know, I mean, I, the, the main thing, like, it's like mm-hmm. with Trump, someone asked me about the Russia stuff this weekend and, and how, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump uh, fan. Um, and I, I said, I don't think like the Russia stuff was not one of the reasons why I um, didn't like Trump at the beginning. Like, I honestly wasn't aware of it when we first started talking about mm-hmm. Trump as a candidate. I did right. not realize his affinity for Putin and Russia. I mean, I heard him make a couple comments here and there, but it seemed pretty honestly, it seemed like the media was making too big of a deal out of it at the time. Um, but it was one of the reasons as the campaign went on that I could not get. It was it was additional information that maybe not be able to cross back into the Trump world. Like, I mean, he's there's a lot going on there. There's something there's something obviously strange with his relationship with Russia. It's obvious he acts as if, well, we want to be friends with everybody. Why would we do that? Well, why don't you do this? Why wouldn't you have the same attitude towards China? Why wouldn't you have the same attitude towards every other country on Earth? Half of which you're trashing all the time. It's just Russia. He doesn't seem to have a problem with. Yeah, it's a very strange yeah, thing, and, and like very. I can understand someone saying, um, "We're going to be friends with everybody." By the way, I also can remember almost everybody in their administration being critical of the people who do that. People like Hillary Clinton with the reset button that go over there and and act like they're all nice. We all say how naive that is. Now all of a sudden, we're all supposed to be like, "Oh, now we have evidence, uh, or at least a." A large consensus of intelligence agencies who say that they at least attempted to interfere with our election process. Now we're all supposed to be, ah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it turns out that this is uh, true, and there is a difference between um, a, a bunch of reports from intelligence agencies and, and the truth, as we know, uh, we should be looked into and fully investigated. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I support the efforts of, uh, you know, you know, I hate to say things like this, but I support the est- uh, efforts of Lindsey Graham and John McCain to investigate this because you want it. I mean, it's, you know, it's both sides of the aisle who, who want it. I mean, I think it's completely <clears throat> false from people like Chuck Schumer who wouldn't care at all 
if Hillary Clinton won and would not mm-hmm. be involved in this. But I think McCain's the type of guy who would want it investigated either way. And, uh, you know, he's going to come in here and, and, and I hope get to some of the answers here because, you know, you might like the result of this one. And I honestly do not think that the, that the difference was made at all um, by the Russians. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that they made any difference as they tried to interfere. But still, they shouldn't. I mean, we, we need to know about it. I mean, I love the fact that you can make a real legitimate argument, and it's what I actually believe, that he, Donald Trump would have lost the election if not for the James Comey letter. I legitimately think that that's actually true. You hear Democrats using it mm-hmm. as an excuse all the time. They're actually right on it, I believe. I mean, you know, we're talking about so the three states that Trump won that put him over the top in the Electoral College. Is, we're talking less than 100,000 votes. I find it very difficult to believe that that, that letter did not move that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, you, know, you might not agree with that analysis. However, the same people who are sitting here saying that Russia didn't influence the elections and the CIA is so, is so crazy and awful, forget the fact that James Comey, the head of the CIA, actually released that letter as we approached the election, and it probably did uh, change the election. So, I mean, the idea that the CIA is anti-Trump is pretty freaking hard to prove right now. Uh, they seem to have done some pretty nice things for Donald Trump over the past uh, few months. Oh, yeah. Um, so The FBI certainly did. They really do seem to take this seriously, and they believe, the CIA believes, it was specific, the, the meddling in the elections was specifically to get Donald Trump to win. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Meanwhile, the uh, spin uh, by the media against uh, Trump continues. He, he did this interview with Chris Wallace at Fox, and uh, they've, they've done some interesting editing of the interview. Um, here's what was said about his, uh, the daily intelligence briefings. Just want to ask you about your skepticism about the intelligence community. You are getting the presidential daily brief yes. only once a week. Well, I, I get it when I need it. But is, it, is there no, some no, skepticism? I I, first of all, these are very good people that are giving me the briefings. And I say, if That's something should small. change from this point, immediately call me. I'm available on one minute's notice. I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. I don't need that. But I do say, if something should change, let us know. Now, in the meantime, my generals are great, are being briefed, and Mike Pence is being briefed, who is, by the way, one of my very good decisions. He's terrific. And they're being briefed, and I'm being briefed also. But if they're going to come in and tell me the exact same thing that they told me, that, you know, it doesn't change necessarily. Now, there'll be times where it might change. I mean, there'll be some very fluid situations. I'll be there not every day, but more than that. But I don't need to be told, Chris, the same thing. Not every day, but more than that? Every day, every morning, same words. Sir, nothing has changed. Let's go over it again. I don't need that. Okay, well, say what you will about uh, how smart he is. Well, he and didn't we say. He, he, I will say he didn't say he have. was smart. He no, said he was like, like a, a smart, smart person. person. <laughs> like a smart person. So that's <laughs> that's different. Uh, but the headline in the Huffington Post was Trump says he doesn't need daily intelligence briefing because he's smart. That's not exactly what he said. Yeah, I mean it's a Business little bit impo- of Insider said Trump, I am a smart person. Don't need intelligence briefings every single day. I mean. It, They've took it. They've taken it out of context and made it something. It yeah, he sort wasn't, of wasn't. I mean, he's saying I don't need to hear the same thing every day, right? So if there's right. something new, tell me about it. Right, he's, I'll get he, the briefing. They made it seem like 
Well, I'm smart enough to know what all the intelligence is before they tell me, so therefore right. I don't need it. That's, that's, not that's what he was the saying. way they made it. That's not what he was saying. No. I mean, however, and I, you know, you, you sympathize a little bit as a normal person. Yes, if someone, if you had a meeting every day and they told you the exact same things uh, every single day, you wouldn't need the meeting every day. Um, I get that uh, makes sense. However. Obviously, that's just, you know, that's, you could tweak a meeting, right? Like, if you have a real problem with the way they're doing the meeting, say, look, it, it just, you know, only update me when things change. Um, I don't necessarily need to hear the same exact information every day. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never been in a presidential daily briefing. My guess is these guys are smart enough to know that. They're really not coming right. in and going, uh, by the way, there are nine people uh, in uh, Kazakhstan we are worried about. And the next day they come in, well, there are nine people in Kazakhstan that we're worried about. Uh, there are nine people, in, like, I'm sure they're not doing that. They might say, yes, there is a threat of Islamic extremism. Here's the flare-ups for the last 24 hours. Um, and mm-hmm. all he takes from that is there's a threat of Islamic extremism. Um, well, you know, yeah, the problems are not going to change from day to day as far as specifics or things that he has to be uh, uh, updated on. However, there's, an up- there's a difference between jumping into... Um, there's a reason why you practice in football, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you want to get the plays right. You want to understand it. You want to be immersed in it. And if you jump in just in the games, yeah, you can call some plays, but it's you're not immersed in in the game plan. And he needs to be able to be immersed in the game plan so when things do change, he is has such a breadth of knowledge that he doesn't have to worry about it. And he just had no interest in that yeah, at all. That's what I was that's where this is going, really, because he's got no interest in it. He doesn't care about the daily intelligence briefing. No. Let Pence handle that. Let the generals handle that. I'm I'm not that guy. And I really believe he's not that guy. And, and sadly, we hired that guy to be president of the United States because that is a huge thing that all Americans, virtually all Americans, are in fact concerned about. But he's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about this stuff. Um, so leave that to Pence. He, you know, Pence can take care of that. That's why he's vice president. Uh, the generals, they're fine. They can do uh, that. Well, I'm concerned. First of all, they're great. They're great. Okay, they're they're great. great. That's another, by the way, another mm-hmm. example of a great. great yeah. Great, great I will model. say I am concerned about the whole thing with uh, with the generals because he knows more than the generals. So, I mean, yes, they might be getting the intelligence briefings, but would, wouldn't Trump's additional knowledge help uh, in those situations? So because he knows more about ISIS than the generals. Which is what he said during the... Right. During the campaign. So right? wouldn't it be helpful for him to be in there? Because then, cause it, with all of his additional knowledge that the generals don't have. If you're going to play this game and use his words from the past. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Don't even How dare I? That, How dare really? I? You're taking him literally. Oh, Stop it. Yeah. We've no, we no, got to no, take no, him no, seriously. No, not, but not literally. Not literally. But wait, I don't understand. Something else you should take seriously <laughs> is uh, your food preparation. Because. No. Yes. You should. I will not. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. But I think it's a really good idea. That's why me and my family have taken it very seriously and have uh, over a year supply. Now, you don't have to get you don't have to do all that at once. You can build toward that. And this is a a great way to do it with my Patriot supply, because you can do anything from a three day supply all the way up to a year or more if you want. Uh, and you can convert that into JFST, or Jeffy Food Supply Time. Um, so Pat has over a year of food supply. Uh, JFST, he has three hours. <laughs> yes. It's tough to get three. that year. Three <laughs> hours. It's like taking a step forward and then eight back. Yeah, it really is. I mean, well, uh, as soon as you start opening your mouth, the food is gone, and then you got to resupply. Right, so that's no, a problem. That's the steps back. Though it's a problem that my Patriot Supply can actually help you solve. Uh, <laughs> this is food that's easy to prepare. You don't have to be some master chef. You can get good-tasting food, four weeks of easy-to-prepare food for only $99, plus free shipping 
uh, you know, that can add up, obviously, when you're shipping, if you're, especially if you're going to go more than um, uh, f- uh, four weeks. It can get to a point where it's a lot of money uh, mm-hmm. to ship it. They're going to take care of all the shipping for you. Uh, this is easy to prepare emergency food, tastes like home cooking, and lasts up to 25 years. It's only 99 bucks. Call them right now. 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. Or at preparewiththeblaze.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's The unemployment rate, according to uh, Donald Trump, is now 97%. (laughs) The real one. I'm talking about the real unemployment rate, which we all know is like 97% of all people are unemployed. We might be the last three people employed in this country. And we're all fired. So now it's 100%. Dang it. Very sad. Uh, Yeah, there's an issue, uh, issue with Donald Trump and the unemployment rate. He doesn't. You know, seem to understand know it. what it is, um, or what uh-huh. it does, uh, right. or what it what it measures, um, or the things uh, about it that are important for mm-hmm. a president to know, um, mm-hmm. or um, really much any, of anything anything else a about president it. President should know. Um, this is this is his quote: "The unemployment number, as you know, is totally fiction." Now. Separating this from the fact that I kind of know where he's going with this, uh, that's, that's just, I mean, it's not, why? It's not true. It's not, that's not mean, it's, it does not mean that it's totally fiction. And then this is just, this is, I think, a point of him saying seriously versus literally, but it still bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, you take the general vibe of these comments, I think you can make a case that he's saying something that you might recognize, but like, he just can't, what do you mean? It's totally fiction. It's not totally fiction. The unemployment rate is not totally fiction. It's a very mm-hmm. standard measure of the health of an economy that's shared, gener- is generally speaking, around the world. Um, well, when he is president, will he say the same thing? It's going to be about the same number. Right. This Only will be if fascinating it goes down. because it's not going much lower than 4.6%. I don't care what he does. 4.6% in this country, in this economy, is almost full employment. Yeah, about 4% is probably 4% full. 4% is it's like as low as you're yeah. going to go. Yeah. I mean, we're not Mexico. We don't have jobs that, you know, people do for 75 cents an hour. So we can't employ everyone. We just can't, especially in this welfare state. You're not going to. No, because it's, there's no reason to do there's it. There's no reason. So 4% is maybe as low as it gets. And it's already 4.6. Yeah. He's not going to get it lower than that. Yeah, it's I mean, not. Yeah, I mean, it, who knows? Obviously, it's possible it would be a little bit lower, but we're not at a Highly point. Highly unlikely. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Clinton got it to four point one. Um, so, I mean, you can use that. Is it possible? Like twenty years ago, right? Um, yeah, twenty years. Yeah, ago. yeah. Um, Things have changed since then. And again, when I say Clinton got it to very, the, the, the president and what they have to do with the economy is it's minimal. 
I mean, yeah. it's not. It's a, you can't blame everything bad. Uh, you know, Barack Obama had the economy, and it got much worse when he first started. Um, even though it was really bad when he took over, got much worse for a while. Turned around. None of those things can be blamed on Barack Obama. You can't say that the turnaround was all him. The same thing with Bush. Bush went through, uh, you know, four plus years of continued um, increases in employment. At that time, it was the second longest uh, stretch in the history of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not all him. I mean, I think you can help with things like tax cuts. You can help uh, some of the numbers if you want to give away lots of money. Obviously, down the road, there's a there's a there's an impact of that. But I mean, you can obviously. Hire people with money and pay them and lower your unemployment rate. It's just a really inefficient, bad long-term way of doing it. Uh, point is that uh, you know the president has something to do with the economy, but really not. I mean, they can't do what they, whatever they want to do anyway. They got to have the Congress to go along with them. Not to mention that a lot of this is just it's just the inertia of the economy. It, it does happen. Um, but here's what he said: the unemployment number, as you know, is totally fiction. If you look for a job for six months and then you give up, they consider you give up. They could, um, wait, what? If you look for a job, how do you not understand this? As you know, <laughs> which he throws in there when he wants people to okay. believe something As that is I not know. true. Um, if you look for a job for six months and then you give up, they consider you give up. Fact. They consider you give up. Yeah. So I think he's trying to say there is they have consi- they would consider you. Given up? You given have, up. You given, have up. given up. All right. Um, you just give up. You go home. You say, darling, I can't get a job. They consider you statistically employed. No, no, they don't. No, they don't consider you statistically employed when no, you they, are not employed. They consider employed. you out of the work. They consider you out of the workforce. That's what they consider. Um, which is something. Now, again, you can see he's seen a story on the unemployment rate, or yeah. he's read a blog about the unemployment rate, but he obviously doesn't know anything about it overall. He just has a general impression that there are different measures and there's the workforce thing. And I, uh, he kind of grasps what people complain about with the unemployment rate, but doesn't really understand. That's it. all he needs, though. You don't, you don't, he that's what, he, that's what he believes. And apparently day. that's what the American people believe. So what do I know? Um, he goes, but don't worry. It's going to take care of itself pretty quickly. So, again, if it's total fiction, why would your good things that you do to the economy affect it? If it's total fiction, why on earth would it get better with your magical uh, touch of Donald Trump uh, and the economy? I don't know. But again, we won't take him literally. So the issue is, and the Washington Post goes through the whole thing. Why? Why? People really don't understand the unemployment rate. um, And why would you, I guess, unless you're going to run for president of the United States? Um, So here are some of the things that you need to know on it. There are six versions of the unemployment rate. We've talked about them before. Listeners to this show and to Glenn's show would probably recognize these things. But I think this is kind of interesting. Let's start with what what Trump is going for, which is the U6 unemployment rate. U6 is total unemployed. So obviously the unemployment rate, that concludes the unemployed, plus all people marginally attached to the labor force, plus total employed part-time for economic reasons. So that's the one he's looking for. So you've got the normal unemployment rate which is the 4.6 or whatever it is, um, then you have people who uh, want employment but aren't actually actively searching for a job, plus people who are working who actually have jobs, but they're working part-time when they'd rather work full-time. Okay, That's the U6 unemployment rate, which, by the way, Donald Trump reported as 42%. It's actually 9.3%. So he was close. So he's close. He was only 33% off? 
Was it, it's forty? It was, right. He said he said it's about five percent. He said it was forty two percent. Now he the reason you get the forty two percent yeah is, is exactly. so it's because, above the U six because and he's mm-hmm. using the people out of the uh, workforce. Right. So he's right? including he's using the ninety five million example, who are not working. Uh, your your mother, Pat. Your, your <laughs> she mother has been in the workforce for a while. For a while. Yeah. Why? Well, she's 92 years she's old. She's 92 years old. Yeah. She is included in Donald Trump's measure. <laughs> yes. That's how dumb that statement is. My my wife's grandmother, who's still alive, but is she's in work, 94. But she's looking right now. She's yeah. looking really uh, hard. Maybe she is, actually. She wants, my mom wants a gig, and she wants it bad. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So she's actively looking. Actively looking. for. She's out pounding the street. Every single she day. She cannot be considered give up. She especially wants something in the computer industry. She really wants really? to be like a programmer. <laughs> Pro- coding? She's into coding? Yeah, bit. Into the coding aspect right. of it. Now, um, uh, Even though she's never even used a computer, she thinks she'll be really a, a quick study at it, you know, at 92 yeah. years old. So, uh-huh. Yeah, she's up out in the streets uh, right now. Now, another example. Uh, your wife, um, when your kids were young, mm-hmm. uh, stayed home. She was a stay-at-home mom, correct? Right, yes. Okay. She also would be included in Donald Trump's unemployment rate of 42%. Um, mm-hmm. Because she, even though she chose to stay home because she wanted to be with her uh, parents, and certainly mm-hmm. was working, uh, by the way, uh, yes. while she was at home. Um, she uh, she was not technically in the workforce being paid by a company, therefore yeah. uh, unemployed. Yes. Um, so... Uh, there are obviously that's a ridiculous thing. Now, there is a point there that our labor force participation rate is lower than it's been in a long time. That is about half because um, people are just the baby boom era is hitting that, un- that unemployment rate mm-hmm. and about half uh, other economic reasons, some of which have been tied to Obamacare and other. And some policies. of it is that people are so yeah. frustrated. They just stop. But again, stop like, looking. that's the example he gives. He gives the example. You go home, you say, darling, I can't get a job. Yeah. I would I'm, never say darling. First of all, you don't say darling. Never say Second that. of all, who, like, I, I know those people exist. We see it in study after study after study. But how do they exist? I know if I came home and didn't have a job, yeah. I could not, not, this is not people that are saying I can't get a job. These are people who are saying I can't get a job, so therefore I will not try to get a job. So if you leave right now and you, you quit and you're, you're tired of the workforce yes. and you go home to Lisa and you say, darling, Darling, I'm done. I can't, I can't, get, I can't get a job. I can't get a job. Can't get a job. What does she say to you? She says, all right, get, sweetie, just sit down in front of the she TV. She says, go and get one. I don't care what it is. <laughs> right. Go get one. And you better find one that's Fast. comparable. Right. right. Or at least close. <laughs> if it's one that's uh, comparable to right. what you're doing now, otherwise we're not going to make it right. in this house. And, and exactly. With this stuff. So let's, you know, and, and the reason, of course, that no, there I don't are, know how they do it either. I really right. don't. Unless they just decide, all right, I'm going to live on unemployment and then I'm going to try to extend it. And then I'm going to try to get on the welfare rolls. Right. I, I guess that's how you do well, it. And that's the thing with how ridiculous. For example, uh, if you were to take um, now uh, uh, a multi-millionaire's wife, okay, mm-hmm. who is, decides, you know what, I'd like to get a job, but you know, obviously I don't care. I'm a multi-millionaire's wife. I can, I don't need a job, but I'd like to get one. That person. Uh, could be in, included in some of the real unemployment rates, but definitely would be included in Donald Trump's. Um, mm-hmm. a, a wife of a person who's a billionaire mm-hmm. is unemployed in Donald Trump's world, which is obviously stupid. Melania, for instance, although I don't think yeah. she's looking, but yeah, still, I don't know. Yeah. If she were, she'd be included in that. 
Which, again, how ridiculous is that, right? Ridiculous. We all know that that's ridiculous. So quickly, let's go through these, because I think these are interesting. And I, I have a weird take on this. I'd be, okay, I'd be interested to see what your take is on this, Pat. Let's go through these. The U, these are the U, the U1 through U6 are the measures of employment. Donald Trump is in another world that we can talk mm-hmm. about separately. So U1 is persons employed 15 weeks or longer. Um, that's 1.8%. So you're unemployed for 15 weeks or longer. U2 is a uh, is a band also um, uh, uh, you've lost your job and you've been you have completed temporary jobs as well so the people in the u1 which have not had the job for 15 weeks and some people who got temporary jobs but now they're over okay u3 is the normal unemployment rate that everybody talks about it's 4.6 percent u4 is the unemployment rate Plus discouraged workers. That's what we were talking about, um, where you go for a job and then you, you can't get anything and you just give up. That's Does old- that include Jeffy, who's one of the most discouraged workers we know of? Uh, well, we don't pay him, so technically, yes, yes. he is unemployed. Okay. All right. um, U5 is total unemployed plus discouraged workers plus all other persons marginally attached to labor force. Um, the marginally attached to the labor force are people who... Uh, might consider wanting a job, but don't, uh, but aren't really looking. Um, and uh, they give the further uh, somewhere in here. And then U6 is total unemployed plus persons marginally attached to labor force plus total part-time workers for economic reasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, everyone says, and a lot of conservatives have been saying over the years, well, everyone looks at the U3, which is the normal unemployment rate. I think it should be the U6. So you include everybody. You include, you know, people who are just working part time when they want to work full and people who are underemployed and people who are. Uh, I actually think the best measure of unemployment and the one we should care about is U1, which is like when you think about an unemployed person, you think about someone in real hardship. If you're out of work for four weeks and you get a job, while that is that can disrupt your situation and it can create some real problems, that is not an economic issue. Right. An economic issue are people who are out of work for 15 weeks or longer. That's real. You're out of work for 15 weeks or longer. You've probably, uh, depending on what the laws are at the time, you may have exhausted or close to exhausting your unemployment. You're at your because, I mean, anything less than 15 weeks, you're on unemployment still. So over 15 weeks, you may have exhausted your unemployment. You may have real, real problems. You're talking about real economic despair while still attempting to get a job. Mm-hmm. That rate is really, to me, what the measure of an economy should be. I said it during Bush, I said it during Obama, and I'll say it during Trump. That's 1.8%. When you compare that to what we think about when we think about how bad the job situation is, mm. those are the real people we think about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you talk about, well, people are, uh, are poor, and then you hear, well, everyone, but they all have TVs and cars and homes and air conditioning and all, you know, those measures that we talk about. Real poverty, you know, you, when you have nothing, and you are out of work for 15 weeks, that could be really, really bad. And that number still is only 1.8%. And I think that's actually the more legitimate one to look at. And when you're talking about really yeah. look turning around an economy, those are the people you need to save. Yeah. You know, those are the people, people who want to work but can't. Definitely. Um, so I thought, uh, anyway, I, I, he doesn't seem to understand the truth about it, which is odd. For a guy coming in for office on, on, on a... On a platform of, I'm going to employ people who can't get jobs. You think he'd know the basics about the economy? Yeah, but Trump. So you know that all rules, all bets are off. That's good. Good point. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up.
get the number? Two million at Alabama. Here. Told you. Uh, we'll do a quick break here on football here before we go back to yeah. this. We're running super late. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, the guy from Alabama, took <clears throat> took the job. Uh, so what, offensive coordinator at Alabama? Isn't that what Kiffin was uh, under Nick Saban? Because uh, he yeah, so. was USC head coach, and then he got fired, and then he went to Alabama. I think I think Nick Saban took him in, and, and he's done really well at Alabama. And he was making $2 million as uh, an assistant. That, the new salary that he just got, uh, got to raise uh, this year, in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, made him the highest-paid assistant. In the country? At, at Alabama. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. So this, I found this stat uh, recently, which I thought was amazing. Uh, USA Today had what it. What could Florida Atlantic pay Lane Kiffin? Uh, they, I mean, Florida Atlantic's got some cash. They've been paying some cash for some coaches now. They're wow. trying to turn into a real, yes, uh, a real they, team. They have been. They have been for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me give you these stats here. Uh, assisting coaches in Division One football, mm-hmm. um, FBS as it were, um, who make $400,000 or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 2009, only 13 coaches made $400,000 or more that were assistants. Again, these are not head yeah. coaches, assistant yeah. coaches. Yeah. 13 in 2009. In 2012, that number jumped all the way from 13 to 66 in it's three years. It's a good jump. Okay. From 2012 to 2016, in four years, it jumped from 66 to 191. Almost, assistants make, almost 200 assistants are making more than 400,000 a year. Now, as far wow. as millionaires, uh, <clears throat> wow. uh, if you make a million dollars a year or more as uh, assistant coach, 2009, it was only one. I don't know what the name, who it was. Um, in 2012, it was up to only two. 2016, 12. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, there is money in college that's a good, sports. Yeah, there's, that's a good gig. That's a good game. That's a good gig if you can get it. Now, um, a lot of people did really well um, uh, and have that, that participated in college football. Uh, and then there's Jeffy, who um, did some broadcasting and really didn't change your life at all, did it? <laughs> what did you do? You did. I think you did, Jeffy did the halftime show. I did pregame, halftime, postgame for USF Bulls. The USF Bulls. Oh, who are the South Florida Bulls? Are pretty good now. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they were then. Now they are, yes. They're pretty good now. Why now that you left? <laughs> I actually remember listening to it. I used to just tune in to the game because, you know, I have no interest in, in I, I, USF Bills, but I would, I would tune in yeah. to hear Jeffy in the halftime report to like, try to actually pre-game, be a real broadcaster. Pre-game. Oh, That's fun. <laughs> pre-game, I interviewed all these Dickleberry coaches for the pregame. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this is essentially what it sounded like, by the way. <laughs> this is. A, hey, if you took some of the tapes of those runs, ah, I got some Dingleberry coach no, coming up. We'll be back great. in a minute. The Florida Atlantic. I don't coach, know. I just whatever. The Florida Atlantic coach. What are you going to tell somebody at the kitchen table over Florida to make them come to you? You aren't. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Stopping. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. So, that is, uh, so there's that, and That's then we great. have uh, the the bowl games coming up. Uh, we're going to be on vacation starting next week. Uh, so. Oh man! Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I can come over if you need me. Darn! I mean, come on, come over, hang out. Would you? Oh, sure. I mean, that's why that'd I offered it. Great. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. a little, real fun times. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, good. That's great. Um, all right, triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, phone number. I got something to do now. Just so you know, I can't make it, Jeffy. But uh, we'll be back in a second. <laughs> why not? I mean, can't make it. I mean, you have I the mean, whole two weeks. I'm doing my uh, hair that day, and then there's. <laughs> I, the, the, my wife's been after me to do the lint cycle and the dryer. Yeah. Actually, the, oh, yeah, the, lint. Really? Yeah, the lint is its Very really enough. accumulating. Oh, wow. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to... 
talk anymore. So it is that time of the year, the ACLU of Indianapolis suing the town of Knightstown because it has a cross on top of their Christmas tree. Oh, good, good, because we kind of have that separation of church and state. Slit, yes, we do. Yeah, so you can't have a cross on a what is it on? It's on top of a of, on top of a tree that they're yeah. You don't want a Christmas tree. No, you can't. Yeah. And and it's he's being it's being filed on behalf of a Joseph Tompkins <laughs> who takes issue with the cross because it violates what does it violate? Uh, it violates that sacred separation between church and state. And it was filed uh, last Thursday because. He says he was forced to come into unwelcome contact with the display, causing him irreparable harm. He was forced. Did somebody tie him up and bring him to it and put him on a lift and <laughs> lift him up directly in eye contact with that possible. thing? And then hold his eyes open and, and maybe put some toothpicks in there so he couldn't close them? It so doesn't what say that here, but it's possible that it could have happened. Well, it'd have to be that possible. in order to be forced to look at it. And we should point out, too, the separation of church and state, mm-hmm. state comes from one of our most important founding documents, um, a letter from Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> to a, to his, the, really? founding, the founding letter. The nep- yeah. To his nephew. In 1803. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Many years after the, all, the principles so, were already... Yeah, don't even worry about that. But we call it the founding letter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, when you say we, it's pretty much just us. Yeah. I'm like, you mean literally just me and you? Uh, but yeah, the founding letters. It's also the founding letter that, that mentions separation of church and state, showing that there is a separation between the state and the church, but, the, but it's to protect the church, not the state. Mm-hmm. And the way this is being interpreted is that, like, if you put, for instance, a cross on a Christmas tree that's on on uh, city ground, why then you've completely polluted the state. Correct. Well, I mean, it's the most Correct. ludicrous thing oh. that's ever been widely dispersed, probably, in a society. Because if you know where the founders were coming from, you know how stupid that I is. I mean, they at the time, they were when the country was founded, they actually, Massachusetts launched its state with a state religion. The yeah, state right. of Massachusetts. Not not like some right. little city, not some group inside of a city. The entire state had a state religion. It's interesting too that it, it's Massachusetts. Yeah, of all states. Yeah. Of all states. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quick uh, story that uh, this specifically uh, for you, uh, Stephen. Oh yes. Mm. Uh, officials now admit uh, radioactive fish off the U.S. West Coast have disturbing fingerprint of Fukushima. <laughs> a, a what now? This, okay. A disturbing <laughs> fingerprint? Of this is your science for the, the day? Uh, officials admit radioactive Officials uh, fish admit? Of U.S. West Coast. Uh, so what's the there source you have of it, story? Stu. What's the source of there this story? There you have it. Finally, officials acknowledge this is really happening, okay? What's the source? It's a stark reminder. What's the, the source? Why is Fukushima this not being Radiation <laughs> continually spilling into the ocean have not been abated. Is it InfoWars or Prison Planet you got that from? It's from a, a reputable site. Which is? Telling us about what's the, reputable the disturbing site? fingerprint <laughs> what's the of reputable Fukushima site? on the West Coast fish of what? the United States of America. Reputable okay. We've got site. 15 seconds. All you have to do is say one web address. Just it's, do it. Uh, I just took my glasses off. I can't see what you're doing. glasses are right in front of you. Just put them on. Oh, here they are right here. I can tell you the site right now. www. No, you don't have to say that.
Welcome. Yeah, it is Pat and Stu. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank I was, I was actually saying to the audience. Uh, oh, but uh, did we have well, a Christmas thank you. tree? No, not Merry you, Christmas too. to you. <laughs> That's not who I wasn't saying it to you. Seems um, he wasn't addressing either of us. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what. Gosh yeah. darn it, I'm still going to be in the spirit. Merry Christmas, Stu. You're not going to take me out of the Wow, spirit. look at that. Who's going to be the bigger man? Of course, the, the bigger man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. oh, man. That may have been your uh, fake overlap. That was a legitimate <laughs> laugh for me. <laughs> Who's going to be the bigger man? Well, the, the bigger, bigger man. man. <laughs> no, we got it the first time. I'm not sure what the... What he's saying there, What do you think I was saying there? He's trying interpret. to address the, uh, the issue that Jeffy seems to have with his overall girth. <laughs> I think it was what you're going for. Yeah, it is what I was. It's exactly right. Um, it's exactly right. By the way, uh, f- uh, we should explain uh, as we get um, as we go down this train of, of Christmas that the real Christmas spirit will be unleashed this Friday on the wonderful World of Stew finale, uh, in which uh, the Christmas icicle will premiere. Icicle. Um, Icicle. Are yes. you saying that? It, are you saying icicle improperly? Uh, no, no. It's, a, no? it's a, maybe a, t- huh. a dash of Isis in this plot. Really? Is this, um, is this, the, is this the last show? Of the season, yes. Of the year, too. I mean, because it's uh, when we go on vacation after that. So this Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this mm-hmm. Friday, you will see that episode, including, by the way, and if it's going to get canceled, it's going to get canceled after a Jeffy appearance. So let's be <laughs> honest about it. But Jeffy's in it. Pat's in it. I'm in it. Uh, Glenn's in it. Probably maybe. until he maybe, maybe or maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what, how we actually reads the lines today. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I think you'll enjoy it um, uh, coming up this Friday. Um, this past week, we did a, an episode um, about uh, some of the Christmas myths you hear around this time of year. Uh, who, uh, you know, well, this is a typical thing. You get uh, lots of things get spread on the Internet. You ever hear of fake news, Pat? It's been something that's been discussed uh, hmm. recently. Uh, and, huh. of course, fake news has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to call it propaganda uh, or um, urban legends. It's now just kind of, they've, they've combined those two and with in the power of Facebook and other sites have, have really uh, expanded the reach of uh, what you'd call fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we went through uh, as a kind of a Christmas preview, a little uh, taking on some of those urban legends uh, that you may have read on the Internet. Are they actually true? Uh, well, watch. Christmas is right around the corner. There are many things I believe that will happen during this spectacular holiday. I will max out my credit cards buying gifts for my children that they will only enjoy for 30 seconds. I will gain at least 10 pounds, at least, like that's really low. And you will buy everyone on your list a subscription to The Blaze because you need to max out your credit cards too. But some other beliefs about Christmas are not as concrete as the fact that I will devour every tin of Danish butter cookies I come across in December. Let's find out the truth behind popular Christmas theories on a brand new episode of Fail Your Feud. Introducing the Christmas family. Herbie the Elf, Donner the Reindeer, Krampus, Ralphie's brother Randy, and, of course, Candace Cameron Bure. Ready for action? On your marks, let's start this very special Christmas edition of the Failure Feud, starring this idiot. We 
surveyed 100 people. Top six answers on the board. Here's the question. What beloved Christmas belief is true? Let's go to our first belief. Ah, Jesus was born on December 25th. Survey says. Mm. Wouldn't it be weird if everyone demanded to celebrate your birthday on a day that is not your birthday? Jesus must be perplexed because this happens to him every single year. The Bible actually never specifies which month or date Jesus was born, but it probably wasn't in December. The Bible does tell us that the shepherds were abiding in the field at the time of Jesus's birth. Do you know what December is like in Judea? It's freaking cold and rainy, and miserable. It's just the worst. The shepherds didn't even attempt to tend to their flock during December. Also, let's remember Mary and Joseph were traveling to Bethlehem to participate in the Roman census. It would have been self-defeating to take a census during those awful conditions. Most people would probably die on the way there. So if he wasn't born in December, when was Jesus born? One theory tells us that we can actually figure it out by looking at John the Baptist's birth. The Bible says Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, gave birth to John around the end of March. John is six months older than Jesus. Therefore, Jesus was probably born in late September. So why don't we celebrate Jesus's birthday near his birthday? Because September sucks. It's back to school time. There's no other holidays to celebrate. It's just boring. Who wants to be associated with September? Obviously not the king of kings. Next Christmas belief. Ah, three wise men visited Jesus at Bethlehem. Survey says. We actually have no idea how many wise men came to see baby Jesus. All the Bible tells us is that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem. That's it. We don't know anything about these dudes, except that they were somewhat knowledgeable. It's thought that we've come to assume that there were three wise men because they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. It's entirely possible, though, that just one rich guy brought all the gifts and like 27 other people just tagged along. We can't be certain. Next Christmas belief. Jingle Bells is a Christmas song, survey says. Jingle Bells was actually written for another holiday, Thanksgiving. The composer, James Lord Pierpont, wrote it to play on Thanksgiving Day at his Sunday school class. And when you think about it, there's absolutely no reference to anything remotely Christmassy in Jingle Bells. The only thing kind of holiday-ish is dashing through the snow. Let's all remember, though, snow, a form of precipitation, is not synonymous with Christmas. Global warming. Next Christmas belief. Candy canes were created to symbolize Jesus. Survey says... Candy canes symbolize only one thing, diabetes. There's a cute story that has been passed around forever that a candy maker from Indiana created the candy cane in order to teach children about Jesus. The white represented Jesus' virgin birth. The red stripes represented the bloodshed on the cross. And of course, when you turn a candy cane upside down, it's the letter J. J is for Jesus. It's a cool way to teach kids about the son of God, but it's not true at all. Candy canes were first invented in the 17th century, way before Indiana was even a thought. And no one seems to know the identity of the mysterious candy maker from Indiana. It's interesting to note that although the candy cane isn't rooted in Christianity, the perfection 
of the candy cane was. It was a Catholic priest that invented the machine to make them. So candy canes don't come directly from God, but white fudge-covered Oreos definitely do. You might say you can get those all year round. Yep, that's how great it is. Next Christmas belief. Ooh, the 12 days of Christmas was a secret code. Survey says... It is true that it is one of the most annoying songs ever composed, second only to that Bruce Springsteen thing that he can never hit even close to one note on. It is nice to think that this song could have been used by children in an oppressive 16th century Protestant England to expand their knowledge of Catholicism in secret, thus saving them from being hanged, drawn, and quartered. What a wonderful holler they thought. But it's actually not true. The song actually originates in soulless France, and there is no documentation that it was meant to teach the tenets of Christianity at all. The secret code narrative was retroactively added by a couple people in the 1980s. The only thing this song is intended to accomplish is an impossible barometer of affection. You will never live up to this dude who showered his true love with $34,000 worth of gifts over 12 days. It's just not going to happen. And one more Christmas belief on the board. This is a great one. Santa Claus is real. Ready, parents? Survey says... Yes, we got one. (laughs) I have documented proof that Santa Claus is real. I work with him every day. And yes, he eats a lot of cookies. So to review, you're celebrating Jesus's birthday on the wrong day in the wrong month. We have no idea how many wise men visited Jesus in Bethlehem. Candy canes do not symbolize Jesus. They symbolize a future trip to the dentist. And Santa Claus is real. Although I'm probably on the naughty list for life. April 6th. <laughs> April 6th. You couldn't even get through a second after that without... Pat's like April 6th April throughout 6th. the whole thing. And if you know what that is, then... Um, then, then good for you. Then good then for you. You probably... You know the codes. You're my brother or sister. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I would really uh, wish I knew this before because that would have been funny. It would have been fun. Your just, head just popped yeah, up. April 6th. April 6th. <laughs> April 6th. It was April 6th. You were born on April 6th. All right. 888-727-BECK-888. But can you imagine, though, if... Well, you can't imagine because we would have grown up differently. And it would be probably totally fine. But I was just thinking about this the other day, how different Christmas would be if you celebrated it in springtime or, you know, yeah. in the fall or right. when, whenever his actual birth occurred, April 6th. It would be such a different, <laughs> it would be such a different celebration. It, it really would, yeah. And I mean, then you would have nothing to do with New Year's, so it'd be completely separate, too. And then you wouldn't have the holiday season. And it would just be... well. Yeah. Not the same. Um, it would be harder to justify a two-week vacation around yes. it. Which would yes, suck. it would. Uh, the other part of it is it really would have no tie to winter at all. So every single right. piece of, you know, I mean, completely. Jingle Bells, for example, is so wouldn't associated make sense wouldn't now, make any sense. Right? And you and wouldn't it, be doing it. It's funny because obviously we uh, live in a country uh, which is large uh, and has uh, cold and warm climates. And so many people grow up in South Florida. And I, it must be weird because yeah. everything... Yeah. That everyone sings about every year snow has nothing to do with your Christmas. Right. My, my oldest son never didn't see, didn't ever see snow until he was eighteen. Wow, <laughs> is that why you always say eighteen? No, he was maybe seventeen. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think when he, when he the first time he went to uh, Missouri when they re, were recruiting him, he went uh, <laughs> and there was snow on the ground. Wow, what a, what a recruiting 
trip. They should have brought him in on a. He uh, loved it. He did. Really. Yeah, I guess if you're from Florida, you've never seen it before. But it's death uh, once you actually have to deal with it on a daily basis. And shut up, Pat. Uh, I feel as passionately about this as you do about April 6th. Uh, snow's terrible, uh, and it's you know uh, it's. But every song would change, right? Because there's yeah. no chestnuts roasting on an open fire. In, well, there could be in spring. Jack Frost isn't nipping at your nose. None of those things are happening. It's not snowing. Yeah. Uh, anywhere. It's really. weird, though, how every piece of Christmas uh, sort of, you know, culture revolves around the cold where yeah. mm-hmm. large portions of the country don't doesn't, have it. doesn't have I mean, that. If you're in Phoenix, you're like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, it may be cold at night, but it's not snowing. I remember when we moved to uh, uh, to Houston and it was our first warm winter right. climate and they hadn't had snow at Christmas like maybe ever. And it, it hadn't snowed at all in Houston in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And the first year we were there, my, my daughter, who was only, I mean, so little at the time, two or three, and she kept saying, she kept talking about the snow, and I'm trying to convince her, it's not going to snow, sweetie, it's not going to snow here. And she kept, just kept talking, yes, it is, it's going to snow, it's going to snow at Christmas. Sure enough, it snowed on Christmas Eve in Houston, Texas. Our, it wasn't our first year there. It was our uh, third year there. In 2004, it mm. snowed on Christmas Eve in Houston. It was the coolest that thing. That must have been wild of all city. time. I mean, they must have been. It, yeah, because it just doesn't happen. And and I think it's happened two or three times since. So, so they, global warming. Global warming. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're, we're not going to know what snow is. Except when Except it snows. Except when it snows, and then you'll know. <laughs> Um, Interestingly enough, April even 6th. if it never snows again, uh, we'll still know what snow is. Uh, once you acquire knowledge, uh, you just, uh, you just what keep it. snow? I, we, I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> Which is a weird thing. Yeah, it is um, weird. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, so, I mean, anyone you grow up in Houston, you never deal with it. Like never deal with it. So it must be so foreign, mm-hmm. and it's why uh, you know um, Feliz Navidad, I guess, doesn't have lots of snow references, probably. Right. Although I don't know for sure, but it doesn't seem like it. Well, it's in Spanish, so, <laughs> so I have I, no idea what they're I have no idea what they're saying, but I know they're saying could be, I really like beans. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means. So We have to go over this at some point, maybe on radio uh, uh, this week. In, uh, they did a study of which songs get played the most. Um, and, you know, obviously, like a lot of the classics uh, get played the most. But when you narrow it down to a song and um, a vocalist... So, you know, White Christmas is mm-hmm. seven million uh, different people have recorded that song right. and everyone plays a b- bunch of different versions of it. You go just song and vocalist. The number one song is Feliz Navidad. Oh, which I because it's hate, just the one guy hate. And let me guess. Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is coming to town is probably up there, too. I don't know. It's quite, I I'll bet you it's top five because I that's played that. endlessly. And I, I hated it from the first moment oh, I heard it. He's terrible. Terrible. Terrible in every single way. It doesn't just take that Christmas song to consider Bruce Springsteen terrible. No, it doesn't. But I believe he's terrible overall. I don't get the fascination with the guy at all. I don't either. I mean, and look, I do not. In the '80s, he had a couple songs that, at the time, I kind of liked. They were okay. Glory days. Eh, All right. Uh, That's about it. I don't even like Uh, that. But then, on the other hand, he had some really horrible ones like that I'm on Fire thing, which was so atrocious. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of crap. (laughs) One of the the ones I always like to look back on, and this is a little off topic, and I'm just talking about Bruce Springsteen, but it's amazing to see, is he recorded a song, had to be in the early to mid-90s, called something like 57 Channels and Nothing's On. And it was supposed to be this big, like, commentary on the media that there's 
as much as like 57 was his ridiculous number of stations that could never exist. <laughs> and it, even though we have all these stations, there's nothing on. It's like 57 stations. <laughs> like I wouldn't imagine a cable system coming to you and be like, and by the way, you can get as many as 57 stations. You're like, <laughs> what? Like, what year is uh, it? Okay, we're calling somebody else. Right. I mean, um, you have now you have everything plus the internet, which is unlimited amount of channels. Well, and they've duplicated everything. You've got a non-HD and an HD set. Yeah. Don't you? You have yeah, that too. Many of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know how many. There, I know it, my hundreds channel hundreds thing goes up to a thousand eight or something. I think mine goes to like ten thousand. Does it? Now it doesn't. They're not all filled, wow. but yeah. Yeah, they're not all filled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have that song? Do you know what it is? Or I thought that might have been. It is 57 channels. It is 57. Yeah. I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't remember what the number yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like this, whoa, he's taking on the media. What a badass. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wish there were 57. When I had 10, I wanted 57. Uh, there when, you go. Now when I got 1,000, I want uh -huh. 10,000. I uh -huh. want more. Uh -huh. um, and you know what? If you can't find anything on, well, I mean, you know. So? Do something else with your life. Stop complaining about the TV company. Just go do something else with your life. Right. You know? Right. These whiners. Get off my the, lawn. There, there's always Hallmark, right? There's something on that. There is. There's, there's a always a Christmas something. show on By the that. way, we should, as we're talking about channels, uh, we should encourage you <clears> to go follow the Pat and Stew channel on The Blaze. Now, uh, if you uh, are a subscriber, you can, uh, you can, you can go and, and sign up. I guess there's a list of... If you go to theblaze.com, you'll see uh, on, the, on the TV part, there's a thing that you know, says channels, which might indicate where you should click. And if you go there, you can uh, see there's a Pat and Stew channel, there's a Wonderful World of Stew channel, there's a, a channel for all the hosts uh, that you can go. And if you follow, you can get uh, lots of free video and stuff. So if you're not a subscriber, too, it's a great way to get uh, lots of free video that you might have missed online uh, at theblaze.com. Uh, and there's way more coming to that, too. We're, yeah. We're... Uh in the works is a lot of really fun stuff. So we're going to load that with all kinds of things you absolutely love. And my understanding absolutely is there's even a Jeffy channel. No, um, that can't be. Which has n actually negative subscribers to it. It does? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, normally it started you go there at zero. And you just see a lump of lard. And, uh, but, I mean, it's that's sort of fascinating to some people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, who am I to say a lump of lard isn't uh, great programming? I don't know. I mean, what are we, what are we, what are we protesting? What am I protesting? I don't know. Is it the collectivization of manufacture? Or the institutionalization of the maybe. human psyche? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, well, maybe. I'm not sure. You know. Or is it just <laughs> Jeffy? It's probably just Jeffy. Uh, so there you All go. Right. More patents too coming up in a sec. See, so. what we're saying there, Jeffy, it, it just to boil down the entire segment to a couple of yeah, sentences. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, you right, didn't understand, understand what we're it. doing there. What we're saying is that there's a certain amount of weight <coughs> that uh, individuals are... <laughs> recommended uh, to be, and, and you've exceeded you that recommendation uh, by leaps and bounds. Except you can't jump because you know. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Triple eight seven two seven back in Pat Stu. Uh, Al Gore of doing another inconvenient truth. It's the sequel to kick out the Sundance Film Festival. Because things are so much worse than even predicted. 
Of course. I mean, we all know that, mm -hmm. right? The catastrophic climate change is such now that, uh, I mean, I don't know how any of us are alive. It is so hot outside right now uh, in Dallas, Texas. I'd say it's about 41 degrees. Now, normally, it would be about 84 below zero. Do the math. That's 120-plus degrees warmer than it normally would be. Uh, I'm a little worried that the surface of the earth is going to start boiling. And I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about solid land will boil soon and if we don't get a, a hold on this thing. And that's why I'm glad this Inconvenient Truth sequel is coming. <clears throat> As, uh, the entire time <clears throat> you were saying that, I was calculating, and you are correct. I am correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. It's confirmed. Science has confirmed it. So there's consensus. Yeah. Right there. There's consensus. I actually saw this. Um, this was uh, on CNN this morning. They did a, an interview with someone who was, uh, they were talking about Trump and how he is, uh, it, was a, it was a representative, Duffy, from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was defending Trump and how he, um, you know, we don't know what happened with the Russians and uh, and all of this, and they're they're saying, well, it's a, it's a consensus. It's a consensus. How come you not? How can you not know the consensus? And then he was saying, look, look, we I want to look at it. You know, I mean, I, we want to mm -hmm. see the the information and see what we you know. It may very well be that they tried to interfere, but didn't actually turn over the the, the election results. And they went back and forth over that point approximately three hundred fifteen thousand times. Um, and when that was over, she, the uh, interviewer was like, well, what about global warming? There's a consensus on that. You don't believe that either. That's like they're. Their fallback situation. It's like I don't, I don't understand it. How how you can grasp this? It's like well, if you don't, if you want to talk about the policies that would address these situations, there's not a consensus at all. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about how um, significant the effects of global warming would be and what we should do about it and whether we could do something about it, there's no consensus on that at all. Mm -hmm. Like, is there a consensus that there is warming? And is there a consensus that man could have an effect on that warming and, and probably has some effect, just a matter of how big that effect is? Sure. As we as evidenced by Roy Spencer, as we played on the air, a guy who is a global warming denier, supposedly a, a NASA scientist with an incredible resume who said, if you talk about the consensus, the way you guys are bringing it up, then I would be in the 97 percent. And you guys call me a denier. I'm on here to represent the denier side and I'd be in that group. It's just a fake argument, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it is. Uh, but Gore says <clears throat> about doing this movie, now more than ever we must rededicate ourselves to solving the climate crisis. But we have reason to be hopeful. The solutions to the crisis are at hand. Uh, he's deeply honored and grateful that Paramount Pictures and participant media, that's a big one, participant media, that. It's a huge filmmaker have once again taken on the task of bringing the critical story of the climate crisis to the world. Now, was that what was the what was the uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio thing that he did about the climate that nobody watched? Nobody. Did anyone see that? That came no out, one. didn't it? Yeah. yeah, it did come out. And just nothing and just nothing had no impact. When I'm you, so glad. In retrospect, it's actually surprising how big that El Gore movie was. I mean, because here's a guy he's a failed politician. Yeah who's out of the limelight, who comes back for one big movie. It's huge. Uh, you know, I mean, the biggest documentary of all time. Um, and yet here we are, you know, I mean, really had no effect on the culture, no effect on the policies. Um, and obviously you went right. You've seen it. 
uh, inconvenient truth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually laughed at some portions. Yeah, oh, of that some movie. of it. So, so ridiculous. So preposterous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely preposterous. Uh, all right. The 25 worst movies of uh, 2016, according to the critics, at number 25, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Wasn't that with, uh, was that with Johnny Depp? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it I think it was. Okay. Uh, number 24, Ice Age Collision Course. Did that not pr- see it. Probably was a uh, global warming. And the Ice Age stuff always has lots of the global warming yeah. stuff in there. I, I don't like that. Uh, Zoolander 2. Was it number 23? I did not see I, I was kind of like... I mean, the Zoolander 1 was had its moments. It was kind of funny. Did you see at, 2? At times. I did not see 2. Okay. I kind of was like, ah, I might go see that. Maybe I'll see, If it popped out of HBO, I might uh, watch yeah. a few minutes and see. The Fifth Wave. Uh, I did see On Demand. Never Ter- heard of that. Terrible right? movie. Okay. Uh, Divergent series, Al- Allegiant, awful movie. Awful. And I love the first part two. Of the series, though. I, mean, I my love wife the first two. Whole, I know. She, my wife watches all of Yeah, those I really like them. And, and the third was just so let down. So bad. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence was <laughs> just absolutely horrifically bad. Was it real? I, it was really Again, bad. it was another one. I was like, I was like oh, really, wow, really they're going to make another one of those. I kind of want to see it. I did not I go, though. Really, really Thank bad. God. Ride Along 2, I'm sorry I missed. Mm. Warcraft, I also missed, although I see it all the time on demand, and I think, eh, should I watch Warcraft? Give it a shot? Apparently, no. Uh, get a Job. That's a movie about a video game, right? Yeah, I guess. I like those, it's uh, a movie based on a video game, right. anyway. Okay. Um, get a Job I've Never Heard Of. Boo, a Medea Halloween. Didn't now, see. I will I, I, say, I did have an experience with Boo, a Medea <laughs> Halloween. Uh, did you? Did I tell you the story? I may no, have. I don't think so. Um, I sometimes will use, uh, particularly when there's a lot of traffic, I'll use Waze, the uh, app. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you put, I guess they have like different voices that can be your GPS voice. And I, oh, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. figure out how to change it. So one day I'm just driving down the road. And I look down at a, I'm going to stop sign and it says i guess when you stop they'll pop up little messages that you can read in it. it said uh change voice and oh. i was like and as i had to go so i'm like oh god that's it so i'll just press it and then i'll figure it out later so i press change voice and i'm driving down uh, a minute later a minute later medea's voice starts telling me where to turn left <laughs> so for and i had no idea how to change it back from medea to the normal voice so for but a, why would you well, yes. Only and, a and racist like, would change it. Yeah, exactly. Right? I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to <laughs> offend uh, Tyler Perry <laughs> uh, and become a racist. So, and it's just like there's not a lot to it. It was just she would just say like, "Hey, honey, we're you want to take a left up here instead of just turn left?" But it was like, you know, funny because mm-hmm. it's so absurd. And mm-hmm. uh, and then me, you know, the guy who's I, I don't think they would allow me in a Tyler Perry movie. Uh, just I'm too white. <laughs> Um, and so you go up, uh, I, I'd be just driving, and then I just started, when other people were in the car, I would just blast it. I don't know. <laughs> I just have Medea talking. And then eventually, I guess the licensing expired, because it just went away. But I, I could not figure out how to take the thing off. <laughs> it was just me driving in my stupid car with Medea telling me how to get to the, lo- the nearest location. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, number 15 worst movie of the year is, uh, was Fifty Shades of Black. Which I, I missed. That was a parody of Fifty Shades yeah, of Grey, I, I believe. Yeah, uh, London Has Fallen, which I liked a lot. I did too. I London did Has not. Fallen is kind of in, in that same series as the Divergent series. I know you didn't like the last one, but it's that same. It's it's a series. That's what it's about. Yeah, London Has Fallen was. <laughs> well, I, I liked. That's it. not a qualifier for a good movie. Yeah, but it is. It's, it's it a is series. Because, <laughs> it is because it's the same thing. You know what you're no, getting when you go in. But it's that's good. What the deal right. is. But it's, yeah. it's actually yeah. a well done movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, when the Bow Breaks, I did not see. That's the number 13 worst. Number 12, Nina or Nina. Uh, number 11, The Choice. 
Didn't see a lot of these. Man Down was number 10, 10 worst. Uh, Gods of Egypt, number nine. That could have been so good. Have not seen that. Did you see it? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. My wife watches all that kind of stuff. And, okay. And, 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 all a, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that Gods of Egypt and uh, the uh, and the, the you know the Egypt uh, crap. Egypt. You know the Gods of Egypt and the Egypt. Crap. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, Those I. God awful yeah, I, I fear I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, there's a point there that you want to make, and you, you have can't. no idea what so it is. So inarticulate, like, you can't make it. <laughs> like, you know it's. You know, it's it's you all the dingleberry stuff in <laughs> Egypt. You know God, uh, How do we get through that without him saying dingleberry? I don't understand it. <laughs> like this is. This uh, you know, it's the Gods of Egypt and all the Egypt dingleberry. Berries. You know that stuff. You know. It's a lot, long time, a lot of drugs. This is what happens. This is what happens. Don't do this, kids. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Give this, it up by not taking it up. The Sea of Trees. Uh, I think that's Wait, about what? some weird J- Japanese forest or something. Give it up by not taking it up. It was good. Thank it you. Good. I think it was in Dragnet. It was, it was very good. <laughs> the, uh, I think Dan Aykroyd says that in Dragnet. Uh, yoga Hosers, number seven. Okay. Search Party, number six. Yes. At number five, Max Steel. Nice, okay. Norm of the North comes mm-hmm. in at number four. At number three, Dirty Grandpa. Uh, the number two worst movie of 2016, Mother's Day. And at number one. Oh, this, oh, looks, this so looks so bad. So bad. I can't believe Just Spacey the previews this. were so embarrassing. I could, how did Kevin Spacey get involved with nine I, lives I, I know, where he turns into a cat and he's especially he, on the bat. It's not like he hasn't worked in twelve years. Right? He's in the middle of the biggest success of his career, arguably. And then he does House nine of lives. What yeah. the hell did they offer you a hundred million dollars to do they that movie? Have. They must have. Uh, by Oof. the way, uh, what do all of these really movies bad. have in common? I have not seen any of them. Not Pr- one. Proudly, of them? have not seen any of the twenty-five wow. horse movies. I've actually of the year. seen. I think I've seen two. I've seen two and a half. One, two, three, four. Uh, I've seen four. It's a lot of waste of of time. Four of the worst movies of the year. So it's eight hours you're never going to get back. Jeffy, how many have you seen? Two and a half. Two and a half. Because I've seen a little bit of the gods of Egypt, that whole Egypt thing. I was sucked in to go see a couple of these movies. Like I wanted to, like I wanted to see the Independence Day thing, but then the reviews were so bad, I bailed on it. You know, I, I wanted to see. That was a good choice. Um, there's another one in there that you mentioned. I, I maintain it's not even worth the rental. Yeah, not even worth the rental. Yeah, no. Wow. No. I haven't seen Zoolander, but but I'm the sure other that's one also not good. So bad. Uh, yeah. the re- review, I, you know what I did see this weekend, by the way? Uh, Office Christmas Party. Oh, was that good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it funny? It had its moments. It had its <laughs> moments. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it, that means it. Wasn't. If you are, um, it's it's about a, or about a technology company, mm-hmm. uh, internet related uh, situation, um, and uh, it the plot was so ridiculous technically. Now, it's about a stupid Christmas movie. There's no reason it would be accurate when it comes to, like, the IT specifications of this company. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if you've ever used the Internet, it was, like, offensive how dumb the plot was in really? the movie. Like, it was like, I, how can you possibly expect to just pass this by people? Isn't Jennifer Aniston in it? She's in it, yeah. Um, and uh, you know a lot of... Uh, and what's uh, his Jason face? Bateman. I like it. Who's great. I mean, yeah, I like and, and there are a lot of funny moments in it. I mean, there. it's definitely, mm-hmm. you know... You, it, it was fine. It made me laugh uh, mm-hmm. a few times, but uh, it was not a great movie. But like, it's it's like at some level, I understand. Like, this is just a joke delivery system. I get mm-hmm. it. You got an office party. You got to put some plot in there because it's a movie, and it's, I guess we have to have a plot. But it was so ridiculous 
that it was distracting from the mm. actual movie. Uh, but overall, it was, you know, kind of funny. Fine. It was fine. Uh, it sounds like uh, it might not be as good as uh, the new Tom Cruise looks like it's going to be. Uh, the new The Mummy. Oh, really? Yeah, like Tom the, Cruise the doing Brandon, The Mummy. What was his name? The guy I used to always complain Brandon about. Frazier. Oh, yeah, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Frazier. Because he was getting like $20 million for The Mummy movies. And I would just, right. we would do entire shows where I would just <laughs> go out and just rant about how annoying it was that Brendan Fraser was getting $20 million for anything. <laughs> He's not a good actor. Uh, at all. At all. No, you yeah. haven't seen Blast from the Past. And I have seen it, and he's terrible. <laughs> Even in that. He, I mean, he did a movie called Gods and Monsters, which he got some critical acclaim yeah. for. Um, however, uh, I mean, we all knew what was going to happen after the mummy thing ran out, and it's mm. happened. The only thing I see now is why, you know, when you're reading at the bottom of a story, you get those pop-up boxes that are try to entice you to click on them, and then they'll have the annoying thing that you have to keep clicking to see more of the story. And I see all the time, why no one will hire Brendan Fraser anymore. Have you ever clicked on no, that? No, I didn't I, even see that. I haven't That's, either. But if I, I saw that, I would definitely click on would it. Would you that click would on suck that? I've been tempted. And I, I want to know no, why. I'm not getting through that maze. Uh, oh, it's because it. he's a crappy actor. That's, that's what it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> we found it out. Uh, all right. Number four will shock you. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, it's because that. he's a really, really crappy really, actor. Really, really crappy actor. All right. Here's a trailer of the new Mummy movie featuring Tom Cruise. From Universal, uh-huh. with clouds in it and a plane. It's a hard pass for me, I think. Really? Oh, I'm I'm in. 
I'm in. Uh, what was that? That has a different vibe than the Brendan Fraser yes. mummy. Yeah, he was. Go- it was like goofy. The Brendan yeah, Fraser thing was, was goofy. goofy. But You're, good. I liked him. I will fine. say that there's a, a real long-term trend to move away from silliness and goofiness. Yeah, everything's dark just now. Dark, everything's hardcore, dark. serious. I mean, you look at the difference between the Star mm-hmm. Wars movies, right. even the good yeah. ones. Right. You go back, and, and it, like they were just goofy for right. half of the bit. Uh, you know, the superhero ones, Superman. Go right. back and watch Superman 2 and then compare no that kidding. to what's coming oh out now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's, it's, Night and day. Yeah. You got people like with doing the ice cream gags. They're like, oh, they got, you know, the wind is blowing, and there's like... Oh, and then the, it goes, you know, the, the scoop of ice cream goes and hits the other guy in the face. One, mm-hmm. The one really ridiculous one I always remember is the guy who's on the phone in the phone booth. Mm-hmm. And then the phone booth falls down. Mm-hmm. And then he's still, hello? I, well, I can't hear you. What's going on? And he's just blowing down the street. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. I'm, hello? It's like, w- you really wouldn't understand why? You've just blown halfway down a city block on the ground in the phone booth. You don't understand why the person's not answering you anymore? You really, really don't get that? <laughs> Cruz has been a busy little beaver though because he's got this one he's got the Reacher coming out right yeah, is Reacher out yet? did you watch the first Reacher another Reacher yes. no yeah. he just did the Reacher movie it came out already oh yeah where, the, where yep. the latest one yeah it just came yeah. out it's, okay. it's already been out for months Did you see it that's out. Didn't do very well. No, I think that's. A, I think I they like tried. It. They they really. I guess that's a big series of books. Yes, it is. Um, and so they really wanted to make something out of that, and it just didn't happen. First one was great. I didn't think it was great. I thought it, was it okay. wasn't great. It was okay. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I mean, and I thought like it was one of those that had the. It was like you know, a guy comes up and hits two sixty with sixteen home runs, and you're thinking this guy might be a star, and then you're like, eh, no, he's just a he's no, just a mediocre yeah. bench guy. Yeah. You know, maybe exactly. he's going to turn it. No, he's not going to turn into anything. Mm-mm. It kind of felt like that. Like that first one was close enough to being good that it was worth trying again. But apparently, it did not uh, actually happen. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's a new John Wick coming out. Have you? Did you guys see? You got Did you see the John Wick one with uh, Keanu Reeves? No, 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 I don't think so. No. Uh, I've seen the poster in the movie theater. Yeah. I, I, I'm not familiar with John Wick. Basically, he just shoots a bunch of people. Oh. Um, they were calling it gung, Gun Fu instead of Kung Fu. Gun he just, he, he just kick it. He's like in the middle of a Kung Fu action scene, but then shooting them. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining, the first one. Really ultra-violent, but, uh, but, but pretty entertaining. And now they're going to do a sequel of that one, too. Hmm. All right. So, uh, Keanu Reeves has to do too. something, right? He's got to do something. He's got, we cannot he let him be unemployed. <laughs> I don't care if it's U6 or U1. Keanu Reeves must have yeah, a job. Yeah, he, he has to. Mm-hmm. More Pat and Stu coming up. <laughs> I don't know. That mummy thing. Eh. I'm I in. Know, man. man, I like it. It looks good. List of the most coveted Christmas toys from the past uh, three decades. Kind of an interesting memory lane sort of list. Um, for instance, in 1983, Cabbage Patch Kids were the big deal. I remember. I do remember that. Me too. That was the first one I can remember as being like the <laughs> unbelievable phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I don't. Was there a lot of that before '83? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, they randomly started this sure list then, but I don't remember that. '84 uh, tr- Transformers. I do remember that. '86 uh, Teddy Ruxpin. Remember Teddy yep. Ruxpin? '87 mm-hmm. Kooshball. I remember that. It was like uh, just a dumb rubber ball yeah. made of str- right? Yeah, it was, it was like kind of had like hair, like little hair, hair almost on the outside. Yeah. It was like kind of weird. Yeah, very weird. 
Uh, Nintendo came out in 1988. Yeah, wow. It was out before that, wasn't it? I, I, maybe it was just bigger then. Yeah, that must have been like they a really came out with the in. latest yeah. uh, incarnation of it. Then Game Boy followed that. Wow. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990. Remember that well, because my son was so into that. And Super yes. Nintendo, also 1990, apparently. Jeez. Um, the Barney doll. Uh, that hey, was kids! Yeah. Was that filmed, was filmed in the studio where we sit. In the studio, yeah. which yeah. is embarrassing. Which is embarrassing. Uh, Talk Boy, I don't remember. Uh, no. 1993. Uh, Power Rangers. Uh, you could you could tell we're all of our cameramen, by mm-hmm. the way, when they what years they grew up in. Yeah, they're all still doing all of the things on this list. <laughs> beanie babies, they're huge into beanie babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, tickle me, Elmo was huge. Remember yeah. that in '96. Um, how about the Furby in '98? That was huge. I, I uh, uh, mm-hmm. that was like uh, that was a big deal, and they were like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on eBay, and, and that was like when that was first kicking off too. Some I don't remember. Robo Sapien in 2004. I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, Xbox 360, then followed by PlayStation. So Xbox happened in '05, PlayStation in '06, Nintendo. Uh, in DS in 07 and Nintendo Wii in 08. People like video game consoles, Pat. Uh, yes. That's one of the things you learned from this list. Yes. Um, the iPad was 2010. Uh, Elmo made a, uh, you know, kind of comeback mm-hmm. with 2013 Big Hugs Elmo. I don't remember that one. Um, the Elsa. When doll. was Tickle Me Elmo? That was, that was huge, that too. That was huge. Oh, that was 96. 96. 96. All right. Um, and then uh, the mm. Elsa thing with Frozen, which my daughter is like hardcore oh, to that. My granddaughters oh. are uh, everything Elsa that she absolutely can't get enough of. Yeah, it's Elsa absolutely. dresses, Elsa music, Elsa dolls. Elsa, everything. Last year was BB-8. The stupid ball. No, she hasn't been checked. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We forgot about that. Uh, BB-8, the the ball in Star Wars that rolled around the the R2-D2 copy, which they just inserted the R2-D2 And this year, the big thing is? Hashimals, which is an egg, and it apparently hatches, and you have like a little creature or something that comes out of it. I don't know. Uh, I, know. I saw my, I saw my TV today for the like first a, time. Actually, it's like it comes as an egg. Okay. And I suppose you love the egg, and then it yes. hatches into something, and you get something else. I also want to hit this. Uh, Nordstrom has something for you to buy for eighty-five dollars each. Um, it's a it's a rock. They're selling a freaking a legitimately a rock for eighty-five dollars. Um, is nice. it a, is it a a paperweight, a conversation piece, a work of art? No one knows, but they gave put it in a little pouch and are trying to get eighty five bucks for it. Are people actually buying it for eighty five bucks? I can get a rock outside. Here, Merry Christmas. I can sell you one for forty, Pat. You don't have to do that work. Jeez, so, eighty five bucks for a rock. All right, all right. I'm gonna take a break here in uh, a couple minutes. Here, uh, apparently. Uh, as, uh, so wait, are we now skipping? We're gonna break. Okay, we're gonna break. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. They were ordering the rocks in the control room, and uh, they got a little no distracted. Idea. Whatever. Too long. Did you guys buy all the stuff in that commercial, Rick? I hope you did. <laughs> I bought every product. You did? Oh every my product. God, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. some technical difficulties. Sorry about that. Even the Thanks. rock? Yeah. 
All yeah. of it. Um, All of it. By the way, we're just moments away from uh, us going to the Texas State Fair once again in another episode of Spoons in which we do try the Red Velvet Cupcake. Now, if you know anything about me, uh, you know I love the Red Velvet. Uh, big fan. Mm. Big I know supporter. you do. Big supporter. I know you do. Um, and uh, to, to the point of it's a problem. You know, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I uh, maybe have at least you admit it. The pound or two <clears throat> over the years mm-hmm. uh, because of the red velvet cupcake. Uh, and uh, so this one, you may think about it. They deep fry it. This is about as good as it can get. Oh, that makes it more healthy, though. When you deep fry it, you fry out all of the calories. It's so hot. All of the fat. It kill. It kills the calories. It kills the fat. It kills. <laughs> The cholesterol, it kills the calories. Only it's, it's, the good it, stuff stays right Only inside. the good stuff, yes. Yeah. All the nutrients stay. All the things that are good for you are baked right in. Just like with, with home pride butter top bed, bread where they split the top and let the butter bake right in. Same thing that happens with the frying That's process. Good stuff, it's too, incredible. Man. Yeah, you were the one that told me that, Jeffy. You said if you fry it, it's healthier. I mean... I mean... Fact. <laughs> I don't know why you... <laughs> Interesting. By the way, uh, another thing is, in a few moments uh, after the broadcast, we will have. Uh, we're going to do a Facebook Live. Uh, so go to your Facebook pages and watch us. I a new... love it when you guys do Facebook Live. Thank you, Pat. You're actually I'll doing it too. I'll be watching from my office. Now you're doing it too, and we're going to be doing another episode of Spoons, <laughs> a bonus one. But first, let's go back Whoa. to the Texas State Fair to get fatter. Okay. <laughs> what I have before me is a entire red velvet cupcake oh my that has gosh. been dipped in batter and then dropped into deep fried. The whole oh. cupcake's in there. Look at that. Look at that. That's that's freaking amazing. You've been in a shot of this? Are you seeing what I'm seeing right now? What is it again? It's a red velvet. You know me with red velvet. I, yeah. This is like my favorite You're thing. You're Mr. Red Velvet. That's that, what they call you. That's what they call me. Around the, the streets. On the streets. On the streets. And around the ranch. We'll stick with red velvet. So cream cheese. Cream cheese. And the whole cupcake inside, which I would assume is also filled with cream cheese. And sprinkled red velvet cake on top to give you that red velvet vibe. Oh, right. I mean, that is... That is Dig in, man. Let's, let's see what it's like. I kind of want to get a little bit of that. Oh, man. It's really hard to eat these things. It is. Without a knife, you need to cut them off. Okay, let's take okay, a that's a normal Look at that. red velvet cupcake, really, with cream some. cheese on it. Yep, yep. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, but it's deep fried. <laughs> so it is. It's deep fried. Okay, here, take that. Yeah. Jeffy, finish that off. What do you give it? On the delicious scale. Doesn't seem like you're into it that much. I gotta say. No? Come on, it's red velvet, it's cream cheese icing, it's fried. What's not to love? A lot? There's some combination that's going wrong awry here. I, really? Yeah. What do you think, Jeffy? I don't, there's some combination of tastes that I'm not picking up there. Huh. You're right. Um, I'm gonna, I gotta say, I'm gonna give it a, a six out of 18. Wow, not I good. Mean, Disappointing then. Yeah, huh? very. No, I, I thought that was a sure thing. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, uh, maybe uh, like a four. Yeah, Just I mean, you know, if you kind of look at the cake here for a second, let's get a shot of this cake. All right. Let's see how shiny it is in there. I mean, you think that would be good, but there's something about this the, the, the batter part here that mixes with this in some really weird way, and, and it weird. kind of affects the... I'm glad I didn't try it. Now, I'm lowering it. Throw it away. Team. Throw it away. Oh. Right That'll teach him. All right. That's not good. Oh. Uh, uh, 
Monster. 